This is the Long Island Disc Golf Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Weinstein. Join me for a journey through my mind as I discuss the sport, the club, the fun, the frisbees, and how it all relates to my life. Welcome to episode number two of the Long Island Disc Golf Podcast. It is Thursday, March 5th, 2020, and I'm your host, Dan Weinstein. We are about two weeks away from the Thrive and Survive. Uh, This is one of the tournaments that the Long Island Disc Golf Club is so proud of. Uh, Raising money for St. Baldrick's. And, um, you know, a lot of guys just do phenomenal, incredible work. Um, I was just looking at our Facebook page and I, um, you know, put Thrive and Survive in the search engine and... I see that in 2016, we only raised $1,000. I think we were over 10000 last year, something like that. I got to get the actual numbers, and I'm sure I'll do a follow-up show, and I'll talk all about the actual numbers, but this is this one's more of a personal journey um, because I found the 2017, a photograph of the um, final standings from the day, you know, with all our cards in the... Um, uh, PDGA holder there and uh, I'm in last place and what happened to me on this day is the absolute low point of my disc golf life and, I, uh, and it's okay that I talk about it and I look into it and think about it and reflect on this and um, what happened on this day is I shot a 72 in the first round now a 72 that's in the thrive round really short baskets you know and uh, 72, honestly, is not terrible. Uh, for example, my card mate, a young man by the name of Kevin Murray that day, shot a 79. That is hard to believe that I would beat Kevin Murray by seven strokes. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what that is about. This must have been Kevin Murray's very first time ever playing. Although, if I recall, he actually hit the chains like three times. He almost got a hole-in-one, including the hanging basket on 21. So, I'm not even in last place. Jay Berger shot a 70 in the first round. Um... And then in the second round, I DNF'd. And am I the only part of DNF that? Uh, Mark Williams DNF'd that day. I wonder what his story is. I have no clue, of course. Uh, my story is this is my divorce was just getting going, and it was a very difficult time in my life. When I say that disc golf saved my life, that relates to getting divorced, dealing with all of the change that came from that. I had to, you know, leave the house and I split time with my son and 
I had to go through all that. And now, you know, I have to go through that every day, honestly. And really is disc golf that just helps me cope with um, some of the pain that comes out of that. I'd say all the pain, actually, that comes out of that. And on this day, it was a terrible moment in life. This is like when the lawyers are involved and the hatred is happening and nothing fun, nothing you want to go through. And um, I remember distinctly, I was on hole 11 tried to sidearm it it went sky high and deep into the woods and it took me like another three strokes to get out and i was just like um i gotta go which way is the parking lot and my low back was killing me i remember it was like a bad response to medication i had been on and it was just i left i walked off the course i i have never i don't think i've ever dnf'd before or since that was a particularly miserable moment i had not read zen in the art of disc golf i don't know that it would have helped necessarily but um i really did not have the appropriate frame of mind and it was a miserable moment in my life and i really thought i might never play again actually in that moment i was walking to the car but thankfully i have of course some interesting um, notes, if you want to talk about the 2017, it was won by Adam Hunt, who shot a 123, then Tommy Dirkley, 126, Jeff Sullivan, 126, Kevin Hutchins, 126, and Billy Pagnazzi rounded out the MPO with a 132 that day. Um, fun. It's going to be so much more fun this year in about two weeks. Um, I really cannot wait uh, to go and to challenge myself and to play those two rounds. And let's take a look. Who is um, going to be in the rec division with me? I'm always curious about that, you know, because um, I kind of want to win. Let's see. Let's go to um, Disc Golf Scene. Uh, this is the Thrive and Survive from 2018. Uh, too bad it doesn't have any um, results. It has no results. That's interesting. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sign in to Disc Golf Scene. Uh, let's see. Sixth annual Thrive and Survive driven by Indemba. Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. This will be two rounds of disc golf. Will Fontaine helping out Neil Shapiro to get this one off the ground. And all right, let's see who is playing in the record division. This thing has seven people on the wait list. 75 players and another seven on the wait list. That is awesome. Um, Wreck Division, 13 players, Andrew Welch, don't know him, Anthony D, I can't remember too much, Brian McClintock, we are kind of battle, Craig Weller, not sure who he is, Dominic Lenudo, Dominic is definitely newer to the game than me, um, I would say I would expect myself to um, do better than him, but on any given day we could tie, or he could even beat me. Um, I see Farad Coleman is waitlisted at number four. I hope that guy gets in. I love that guy. Yeah, he's one of the things, one of the guys that just makes Beacon so wonderful. Part of the frat house up there. Frankie Torres, not sure. George Dracados, not sure. Now, Greg Sapphire is in the, the rec division. Sapphire could win the rec division. I've seen him shoot under 80. 
you know, I've also seen him shoot in the 90s. Um, I always love to play with Sapphire, and um, we double up when we can in um, Bring Your Own Partner Disc tournaments, which, by the way, are my favorite, favorite form of this game. Bring Your Own Partner doubles. Love to play with Sapphire. <laughs> Sapphire could win. Jason Holman is in there. He also shoots right around me. Jay Berger is my nemesis. One of my nemeses. Jay Berger has probably played as many rounds as I have. He's a teacher also. And, uh, of course, everybody loves Jay. Just the greatest guy. And you just know he's a great dad and a great teacher and a great friend. And he's just a, such an awesome dude. He and I are pretty dead even. We, I probably won against him 50-50. Um, and, again, I've seen him shoot. I've seen him have, like, five birdies on the front nine. And, of course, I've also seen him... Um, have a lot of bogeys. Nick Gurgis will be playing Rec. It's always special when Nick Gurgis is playing it all. Um, and um, again, I'm sure he wants to win it. He's right in there with me and Jay Berger. Eh, I even. Sean Michael Quinn. Don't know him. So um, let's see how I can do. You know, my first goal is always to get on the lead card. Can I get on the lead card out of these 13 guys in the Rec division? We shall see. A division I'll keep an eye on is uh, the MA40 there. That's Pockers will be playing in there with Ron Gilardi and Ruggs. Squires is in there and Billy Bloom. Um, going to predict a victory for Ruggs in the MA40 division. You want to do some predictions? I'll keep predicting. Who do I predict in the open division? 14 players in the open division. Of course, these guys are all awesome. Uh, Chris Ward, Craig Henninger, Derek Yarrow is on the wait list. Gintis, Jeff Sullivan, Jim Coyle, Justin Smith, Kevin Hudgens, Pat Collins, Pat Madeleine, Phil Rascona, Rob DeGenero, the Pags, Tom Cunningham, and of course, Vinny. I, I just, I, I wish I could watch these guys play because the final round with these guys is just going to be fun and they're such good players. All right, who is going to take it? Uh, my money is on Phil Rascona. I think it's going to be Phil. Let's see. Let's see. MA1 Advanced. Uh, let's just throw a name out. MA1 Advanced. Uh, ooh, how about I go with Kevin Murray there? Kevin Murray will be playing MA1, and I'm going to take him, and it's a big crowd. 16 people playing MA1. Um, women, I noticed, have two divisions this time. And, of course, you got to go with Jill Walsh to win the women. And you know what? I'm going to say that uh, Jill Walsh, she could win a wreck. I'm going to say she's going to win the women, and her score would have won wreck. I, I believe that Jill is such a solid, incredible player. Um, all right. Those are some of my thoughts on the upcoming Thrive and Survive. Everything I do right now is thinking about that tournament. You know, every casual round and practice and the videos, I'm always like, how am I going to do it Thrive? How am I going to do it Thrive? Can't wait to find out.
I love dubs the most. I think that showing up on those Thursdays and those Sundays is so important for everything, for my mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. And to me, doubles is better than singles because singles can just be so stressful. And in dubs, all that stress is replaced with fun and enjoyment and entertainment and talking to the guys and trying different shots. And you know, if you mess up, uh, you know, you always got the partner and it's a little bit of a team commiseration or celebrate the victory. You know, you're always trying to beat the other guys on your card. And, um, you know, I just think dubs is so wonderful. I would always prefer to play dubs, even in casual rounds. When I just see, like, when I just go to play and people are gathering, you know, and just getting around together, I'm always like, do you guys want to play dubs? Because dubs is awesome. One thing about playing dubs in a witch, um... They definitely have a wide variety of how they make the teams. The one I don't like so much is ABC. Um, because, of course, I'm always in the C pile. And, uh, you know, I just don't even see, think it's that necessary. Um, because the teams are only two people. So just take everyone who comes, split it right in half, and pair someone from the first half to someone to the second half. You know, the third pile, it's like it doesn't even make sense, really. Um, I don't need to play with Jeff Sullivan or um, Antonio or Pat. You know, I've already played with these guys like a million times. And, of course, it's awesome to play with them. But it's nice to be paired with B guys, too, and just have a, a wide variety. Um, that's something about disc golf, right? The variety... There's so many different ways to play the game, whether you're playing singles or dubs or in a tournament or you're playing match play, stroke play, um, skins game. Like there are so many different ways to play the game. And it's like every single one is fun. I've even played triples, you know, three on a team. Every single way that you play disc golf is fun. And it just adds to the experience. And I'm always up for anything, you know. Um, it's always fun. Welcome back to the Long Island Disc Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Weinstein. Uh, you know, I work as a high school English teacher. Mostly I teach creative writing in a workshop atmosphere. And recently I taught a style of poetry called the Villanelle. You may be familiar with Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. That's uh, about the most famous Villanelle there is, and it's a certain rhyme scheme and repetition poem. And uh, so I challenged my students to write one, and then I wrote one, and it turned out to be about disc golf. Go figure. And uh, I'm actually waiting to see in the next issue of uh, the PDGA magazine to see if they published it. I sent it into them. We'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, here 
is my Villanelle on playing disc golf. Playing disc golf is the obsession. Heckshire Park, the favorite spot. Frisbee with friends is like a jam session. What disc to throw? That's the question. Find your zen during the tee shot. Stay relaxed, no need for aggression. Second throw of the hole, need progression. Tree branches reach out and try to block. Down the fairway it goes, a positive impression. I never know where it will fly, my confession. Luckily, it's on the green after the upshot. Maintain a poker face, no expression. A missed putt here would be a terrible indiscretion. I want to hear those chains pop. Let the disc fly and hope for reception. <sighs> this sport causes me manic depression. But all other games have been dropped. Playing disc golf is my obsession. Always thinking about a frisbee session. Trivia question, dear listeners. What is the definition of Zen? It means to see things as they are. That definition is given in the book Zen and the Art of Disc Golf, which is a wonderful book. And if you own that book, you should definitely read it. Uh, I, you can actually audiobook the second book. It's out there somewhere. I listened to it. I, I can't remember what the platform was, but the second book is out there. The first book is not. You got to actually read it. You know, I'm a huge advocate for um, audiobooks and podcasts. I think it's just the most wonderful new forms of literacy that are out there. Uh, yeah, so listen to it. Both Zen and the Art of Disc Golf, all you gotta do is actually listen to this segment, because I'm gonna break the whole thing down. One of the most important things he says about Zen is that, uh, there's an old saying about it. Zen is not peeling potatoes thinking about God. Zen is peeling potatoes only thinking about the potato. And that is just a great example of that definition of Zen, to see things as they are. Of course, it relates to disc golf. You need the right attitude. You need the right focus in order to find your Zen and to see things as they truly are. Just reading this one part has been so influential in my ability to deal with frustration and to really hone in on this moment and to really understand that I'm out here to enjoy myself and that I must get the right focus and the right attitude and I can never lose that. I can never let that go no matter how poorly I'm I've been playing. The whole theme of the book is to see things as they are 
And most importantly, I have this across the top of my mind map. It's highlighted. It's bolded. Most importantly, just throw. Try to get rid of all your negative baggage. Try to hone in on the positive attitude. Being the balanced player. Being a balanced individual. Attitude determines success is emphasized in this book. Remember, most importantly, just throw. That's it. Quiet the mind. Be in the moment and just throw. The key step to doing this is visualization. Half this book emphasizes visualization. Tune out distractions. Take five to ten seconds. You know you have 30 seconds of throw. Take that time. Draw in your focus. Never rush. Visualize the full shot. How is it going to come out of your hand? What is it going to be high or low or hyzer? And see it all the way to its end where it hits the ground and bounces. Try to see it all out of your hands, up in the air, descending flight, landing where you want it. See the video in your mind. Take your time to visualize. Every stroke is important. If you don't fully focus, if you're not fully in the moment for a single stroke, disaster can strike. As you know, you got to make the next throw from where this throw landed. So when you throw it and you did not visualize it, you're not in the moment, you're rushing, you don't have the right attitude, everything, something's going to go wrong. And you're going to be in the woods trying to make your next shot. And of course, we all want to avoid that. The secret formula, desire plus belief plus persistence equals success. Desire plus belief in what you're doing and in yourself plus persistence, which means you got to practice, equals success. Let's come back to that practice for a second because Zen and the Art of Disc Golf emphasizes, and every good player I know emphasizes, you got to go out and practice. Every time you play cannot be at Heckscher. You can't be on the course every time you're playing. You got to practice. You got to videotape yourself. You got to do it again and again. You got to look at your form. You got to study yourself. You got to ask people questions. You got to show your video. You got to practice. I can hear Alan Iverson right now. Practice. We talking about practice? Yeah. Practice. There's no way you're going to get better at throwing the disc if you don't. Stay focused. There is no room for doubt. You cannot have negative energy. You must believe. That's why you got to visualize the shot. If you want that shot to roll right up to the basket, you got to see it and believe you can do it. If you doubt you can do it, it is not ever going to happen. You must believe you can do it. It is possible and you can do it. 
If something goes wrong, always remember, do not overreact to a bad shot. We all deal with bad shots. Everybody. I mean, in the last podcast, I was talking about how Eagle McMahon threw in the water twice on that last hole. Everybody has bad shots. And Eagle, remember when he overreacted last year? Oh my God, he broke his hand punching the ground. I guarantee he regrets punching the ground more than he regrets losing that tournament. Do not overreact to a bad shot. Remember, Zen, to see things as they are. And all they are is a simple man trying to throw a piece of plastic at a basket. It's not that big a deal. Even if you're doing poorly, even if you throw terrible shots, even if you lose your disc, you're still at Heckshire Park in a beautiful, incredible place working on your game, working on developing focus, trimming the negativity, how to give full concentration. You are developing your skills at meditation. Quiet the mind. Find your balance. Zen to see things as they are. Be completely in the moment. Visualize everything. Be persistent Get out there and practice. And most importantly, just throw. Thank you for listening.